I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. <laughs> Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. Hey, it's great to have you tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. Always a pleasure to bring you the show. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. We'll have Michelle and Catherine Plouffe in studio in a half hour. They have their camp coming up at Harry Ainley this weekend. And, of course, proud members of the Canadian women's basketball team. We were talking earlier in the show about Andre Secra being injured for the Edmonton Oilers. Dan, the stone guy east of Camrose, says, uh, Hey, Reed, can't wait for the hockey season. I think Bear or Bouchard are going to step up for the Oilers. No need to go after a free agent. That is a text to 630-630. You can always chime in. In there you can phone 780-496-0063 you can email if anybody still uses that archaic form of communication inside sports at 630ched.com we have the eskimos and alouettes on on uh, saturday johnny manzel not going to play for the alouettes antonio pipkin with 14 career passing yards will be the quarterback for the Montreal Alouettes, uh, Randy Spencer, former Edmonton Eskimos defensive lineman, joining me in studio. Randy, how's it going? Fantastic. Happy to be here. Okay, <laughs> so you were defensive lineman. Uh, you you won two Grey Cups with the Eskimos. Uh, you actually led the team in sacks in 2004. Yeah. So you're you're sitting there this week. You're a player. You're a defensive lineman. Mm. Licking chops. And, yeah, <laughs> you admit it. They, the current guys aren't good to admit it, but yeah. you, you can admit it. Well, yeah, the pressure's all on that offensive line because that defensive line is just sitting there going, okay, what do we got this week? How can we just make them disrupt the whole backfield? Uh, yeah, that offensive line is not having a, you know a good battle of the mind for themselves to prepare. Yeah, the, these guys are going to go ahead, you know, butt up in the air <laughs> to say it politely and uh, pin the ears back and go. Well, so, I mean, like like I said, I gave his stats earlier. And, and look, maybe he's the next Ricky Ray where his first start is incredible. But, I, you know, I think the way things have been going for Montreal, there's reason to be optimistic for the Eskimos. Two for nine for 14 yards. It is, is career. Like when you, when you face a, a new quarterback, a rookie quarterback, is it just that he and you're attacking as a D-lineman, is it just that he hangs on to the ball for a little too long, he gets confused easier, what is it? Well, you you want to make sure that you throw off his game right off the get-go and don't allow him to get into a game because that's when it does hurt. That's when Ricky Reyes get born, right? <laughs> so uh, if you can disrupt somebody really early and uh, throw them off, then they won't run into a pattern and then you know ease out the game to actually make any success. It can really destroy, destroy a man's confidence, but... <laughs> That's what we're there for. <laughs> Are you looking to just, I mean, I know you don't want to get a roughing the pass 
penalty, roughing the passer penalty, but are you looking to, to give him a knock even if he gets the ball away? Definitely. Um, you want to hit him. I, the, the rules this, these years are pretty much patty cake compared, you know. Right. I can't headbutt with my head. There's so many things you can't do, head slaps and all that. But, um, yeah, anything you can do to get in his head and make sure he knows your presence is there, even if you're standing right in front of his face after a play, uh just to put a little fear of D-line into him to make sure that uh, he's not he's not as focused as he is uh, walking into that. I try to remember the quarterbacks of uh, you know of your of your era. Obviously, you broke in in two thousand three, so you were going against Calvillo. Uh, Allen still would have been playing. Um, I think Crandall still would have been playing. McManus. Mo McManus was, that was still my playing. First sack. <laughs> that was your first sack. So yeah. who who were some of the who were some of the guys that were hardest to sack though? Was it the smart guys Allen. or was it the quick guys? Dave David yeah. Allen. Uh, McManus was hard because of quick release, but um, I got lucky on a quick inside uh, a move. Um, we had a, a twist on at the time. So it was wide open for me just to twist around. I ran it nice. and But Allen, I, I chased, like chasing him. Like It was like this man is almost twice my age and twice as fast as me. It was degrading to <laughs> coming out of college thinking that you're in tough shape and then this guy's just prancing around. He's running a, I think he was a grandfather by the time he retired. Oh, yeah. Definitely. He was, uh, I loved watching Damon Allen, I guess more when he he was an esque, but, but I mean, just as an observer, I can't remember how many times he would look like he was going to be wrapped up and then the defender wouldn't even get a hand. It was almost like he could teleport. Yeah, that's where the, uh, that's where it, the age and the skill, just un- understanding how to get out of situations, that's what you can't really teach. You got to learn that, you know, how to feel a hit coming and spin off or whatever. He knew exactly what to do. It's a gift. Blake Dermott told me once he's our Eskimos analyst. He said that he said the further away you get from the football, the more trash talking there is because the guys on the line have to worry more about the calls and the quarterbacks already. Is, is, is that true? Or like, or, and if you plus if you sack a quarterback, he might throw a touchdown on the next play. So you got to be careful. Well, you got to be careful when you're right in front of the person that you're going to be trash talking to for the entire game, because if it backfires off the off the get go, you're in for a long game, right? So I remember, like even in high, not high school or college, uh, when I ever played stand up uh, linebacker on the outside. I could see everything a lot easier, so I could point out a running back and say, yeah, you're dead, right? <laughs> but <laughs> In polite form. But, uh, yeah, the further you're away, you know, you have, there's a lot of people that you're not even going to encounter during, during a game. Right up front, you, you're really, actually, you're, you're it's intimate, <laughs> to say the best. So, I mean, you're you're rushing the quarterback, and you mentioned a, a, a twist, so that's where one D lineman is going straight forward and you'll line up on his left but come around him behind to the yeah, right? basically you're switching positions so you kind of okay. set up the person in front of you to make believe like you're going to come and meanwhile if you run it correctly your your partner's ear-holing him and taking him right out the so game. So you're just hoping the old line just gets confused yeah, just for a split second. Right. That's all you got to... Yeah, we used to, I used to call it read the book. So you throw your hand out right in front, and if he looked at your hand, he was done. Oh, right? I see. Okay. So, yeah, so we called it read the book, and if he, if he got the deer in the headlights and your guy came and cleaned him up, you came around clean because the other guy was following. How many pass rush moves did, did you have that you were you were pretty confident in? Um, 
Well, you practice, you practice a lot, but you never really execute them all. Right. Uh, the the best one for me at the time was um, basically the hump move, basically uh, just the shoulder, big big slap, pull the arm and go. Okay. Um, yeah, change misdirection, counters, stuff like that. The rip was all right, but I was more of a power right through the chest and bury you into the quarterback kind of guy. <laughs> you know, foot, football's a great game because there's that explosion of action for, for three to six seconds. And it, it was awesome having Jed in a couple of months ago, and he talked a lot about the film study and studying yeah. yourself for tendencies as well. And... And and I know quarterbacks have told me this too. Like sometimes you know there's a play or a move that's going to work, but yes. do you want to give that away halfway through? The, like, did you ever find yourself where it's like, I know I can get this guy with this move, but you maybe definitely I'm gonna... have to set everything up. It's it's like a scripted uh, ballet. I don't know how to say, that, but uh, if you know if you're setting him up to continually go up the field, go up the field, go up the field in one direction, then he's gonna automatically just by instinct continue with that form until you switch it up and come across where the play that you actually really need it and call it and then come across and make something happen when you need it so it's you have to kind of script how you move you do your moves sometimes so then maybe you lull them to sleep with a certain type of move and then uh, pull off your miraculous <laughs> Calvin Kinney half spin that was pretty much the most amazing move I've seen on film to this day he was good wasn't he the guy that had like the nine foot wingspan oh too? yeah it was like an albatross. I don't know what it was, but the guy was freakishly huge. Randy Spencer joining us in studio, former Eskimos defensive lineman, two-time Grey Cup champion in 03 and 05. There's a story there that, that we want to we wanna get to. I, I referenced my interview with Jed in the film study. Uh, what, what was, I mean, you talk about going from college to pro and you got to step it up. You got you to mm-hmm. step it up. But the way Jed told the story, a lot of that was the off-field. Forget about practice. A lot of that was the off-field preparation. Did you find that too and the hours in the film room? Oh, yeah. It's a whole... Like, in college, you're you're watching film three times a day, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, and when you get... When you get to the pros, you're given a little more uh, responsibility to watch it on your own. Oh, okay. So you're taking more film home than you would in college because at college, once you're done, it, like, forced forced uh, watching film and all that, then you're going home and having a beer. Here, you're taking it home and you're trying to study as much more as you possibly can because it's your job. You're getting paid for it, right? So it's a whole different mentality. Um, even with the weight room and things like that, you're turning your man now. So all those responsibilities are on on you to get in the gym and do those things because no one's telling you you have to anymore. Yeah, uh, you're going to be at uh, Saturday's game with Jed Roberts doing an autograph session. How about this yeah. uh, outside gate nine? That's across from the LRT station. Going to be from five to seven. The game of store starts at seven. Fans can also enter to win an autographed jersey. Yeah. Uh, autographed by uh, you guys as well. Now, are you? I, I always have fun with this question. Are you a uh, detailed <laughs> autograph guy, or are you a R scribble? Scratch, but, <laughs> but you'll be able to tell us my name. I, I'm not that bad, but I'm lucky that it's only my name I'm writing. If you ask me to write a doctor's note, I got it bang on. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like best? Uh, uh, you know, now you're an ex-player, so the relationship changes, and you don't have the. You know, you're not, 
you're, you don't have to answer any questions about the wins or the losses. What's yeah. it What's it like for you talking to fans now when they when they meet you at something like this? Um, yeah, I don't have to be completely politically correct about uh, <laughs> what I think about who will win or whatever. If I think you're going to lose, you're going to lose. Of course, I I always back the Eskimos, but you know I, I don't have to put on two hats anymore. I can just say it is as it is. Yeah. Well, they're pretty good this year. Frustrating with some of the penalties. And coach, I don't know if you heard Coach Moss with Morley on Monday, but he, Jason took a lot on himself. I mean, as he would. That's yeah. the kind of the man he is. Um, you know, he's through and through for the team, and he does it right. So, yeah, couldn't complain with him ever. Like, is there is it acceptable to jump offside if you're D lineman? Like, sh- you know what? <laughs> Okay, it's, this is a hard one to explain. And uh, my coach in college said this the best way. Um, it's not acceptable, but it is acceptable. So you have to understand, we're the closest to the ball. So if it comes to inflection of voice, we're the ones that are going to hear it more than anyone else. It's muted to everybody else. So the closest person to the ball is the one that can be influenced the most. Right now, to be disciplined in your in your craft, that you should be able to do that. I don't think I have uh, offside penalties. If you look up the stats, I don't know if they keep those. But <laughs> we'll I, assume you have none. When you when you do go offside, you really want you feel like the goat, like the guy that missed the the kick at the end of the game. That that's what it feels like. Vic texts in. He says, uh, "Who's the toughest old lineman you ever faced, Randy?" Ooh. Um, you would have faced literally hundreds in your career. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, strongest, toughest. Like, Dan, Dan Kamiski was the best uh, offensive lineman to, to practice against, and if I had to play against him, that would have been a duel. I don't know if what would have happened there because the guy was stronger than the, the world's strongest man whenever he just <laughs> played practice. So... Um, yeah, he Dan Comiskey was a beast. Uh, Bruce Beaton was amazing. Um, other teams, I just our offensive line at that time in 03, I don't think I could find a, a like better. So you so the games yeah. were a break from facing your own guys yeah. in practice. <laughs> Randy, I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Spencer's in studio. He had some bad luck with his two gray cup rings. He's going to tell that story when we get back. You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right, so Randy Spencer is in studio. He and Jed Roberts will sign autographs at the Brickfield at Commonwealth Commonwealth Stadium ahead of uh, Saturday's game. It's Diversity is Strength Night. At Commonwealth Stadium, Eskimos Alouettes kickoff at 7. Randy and Jed signing outside gate 9 from 5 to 7. And, of course, our coverage on 6.30. Ched starts at 5.30, game at 7 o'clock. Uh, Randy, uh, four years with the Eskimos, two Grey Cups in 03 and 05. And, unfortunately, uh, you no longer have uh, keepsakes from those because your Grey Cup rings uh, are gone. I know some of this is before the courts, but what 
story can uh, uh, can you reveal here? Trying try to help a gentleman out that seemed that he uh, needed some help out there, and then he ended up taking uh, that as a way to um, sneak his way into stealing my stuff and cut my locks and take all my belongings. But um, this was where? Yeah, a good life. At a uh, fitness, place. Life, fitness yeah. place. Yeah, he was actually in the gym. Uh, didn't have a pass. Uh, came in the gym and then followed me into the locker room and uh, walked right back out. And I had I had a feeling something was up. And I ran right like within a minute. I noticed something was wrong and ran after into the locker room and saw all my stuff was gone and lock was gone and all that. But uh, yeah, he went to jail for a little bit and then uh, for another break and enter, which was. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, we'll see what happens about this. But uh, I have confidence, and uh, I'm not too worried anymore. I let it break me before, but I'm back. <laughs> okay, so there, ha- so there has been an arrest, and uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. But, but your rings have not been recovered not at this Not recovered point? yet, but I don't know what he's going to do with them. Okay. My name's all over it, and then right. I, know, I know this city like, came. <laughs> like, there was a lot of people. There was a lot of support the second it happened. It kind of went viral that day because I uh, kind of identified what we the person we believe it was and uh you know there was a lot of messaging from fans and and uh people of support to to find that gentleman and you know so i was pretty proud of the city at that day the the rings themselves when a team wins a championship you, you know the the celebration breaks out you lift the the trophy uh you you have the locker room celebration <laughs> but then you know the the, the rings come come later yes some guys never wear them some guys wear them all the time what what would you wear yours a lot or well yeah i always i always people always ask this and it it's kind of a weird question you know people are like oh why would you wear your your rings well like i spent my whole life to get them right do you tell your wife not to wear her wedding ring it's probably worth more than my gray cup ring (laughs) To be dead honest, like if you tell your wife she's not allowed to wear her wedding ring out to every single day that she lives, then you'll probably get mad when you come home and it's not on her finger, right? It's there's no different. Like I, I don't, I didn't win something to put it in lock and key and hidden away for the rest of my life. I want it so I can wear it, right? And I don't wear it every day, but I should have the, I shouldn't have to walk around scared that. Someone's going to steal something from me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm big enough that they, they wouldn't do it in front of my face anyway. Right. They wouldn't try to pull them <laughs> off your fingers. Well, yeah. Well, I've, let, I've let hundreds of people wear those rings, and that's what it's for. Right? Whenever I go, if I'm in a bar or in It's a another function, way to connect with the fans, yeah, right? It's a way to connect, and it's for the fans to enjoy, too. It's not just for myself, right? Uh, I wouldn't be playing there if there wasn't people in the stands. So uh, whenever I bring them out, I make sure that anyone that I meet gets a chance to wear them. Well yeah. said. Randy, it's great to have you in studio again. Uh, we're going to have to do this more often. I know we had you in last year. Uh, your pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for sharing some insight. Dare I ask you for a prediction for Saturday? <laughs> well, I played for both teams, <laughs> and my allegiance is here. <laughs> and... Uh, I, you know what? I'm just going straight ass on that one. How many sacks will he? Have? How many times will Pipkin be sacked? Pipkin, um, let's see. Is he a pocket guy? We're all. It's, we're he's all, all new to all, us, right? 14, 14 yards. He's, eh? he's got fourteen career yards. <laughs> oh man! I hope you can hear me laughing, Pip. Uh, I'm gonna give you four. Yeah, you're gonna get four sacks. 
Uh, yeah, I just jotted that down in my notebook. Now we'll see. I'll show. I don't know if I'll be able to find that on Monday yeah. after the game. Where I, I get, I'm gonna respect the offensive line of the. Of, <laughs> I don't know. He's gonna be running. Something's going on that day. Ready? Watching. Yeah. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Have fun uh, <laughs> signing for the fans on Saturday outside gate I night. Will. Thanks so Love much for it. coming in. All right. is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chan. All right, really appreciate you tuning in tonight at 735. You can always text uh, 630-630, the phone number 780-496-0063. Thanks to everybody who uh, texted in about having Randy Spencer on the show. He was fun to talk to. Uh, Jay Bueller writing in, and i got to read this text because he originally said... With Selena on long-term injured reserve. And, of course, he wrote back later, Sekera. Selena is not an Edmonton Oiler. With Sekera on long-term injured reserve, the Oilers have cap space. They should get Davidson back on a one-year deal. He's a known commodity. We can't rush our young D-men as they are our future and their careers are in the team's caretaker's hands. They owe it to the prospects to give them the time they need. And D-men take longer. Uh, and, of course, Dan said earlier that he thinks a Bear or Bouchard will step up. Uh, I think, you know, Bear did some good things late last season on the power play. I think he's uh, a ways away from being an NHL regular. I think Bouchard will get a long look in camp and maybe into the regular season, but that's one of the Oilers' stories to fall. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I am pleased to be joined in studio by uh, two members of the Canadian women's basketball team and, of course, both proud Edmontonians, Catherine Plouffe and Michelle Plouffe. Hey, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Thanks. Good, Good to be here, Reed. Yes. Uh, twins, of course, answering in unison. <laughs> and I, uh, I, I have, every time I meet you guys, I always apologize. Can't tell you apart. <laughs> no worries. Same but with Catherine uh, some and of our Catherine wearing here. red today. <laughs> yes. Michelle wearing gray. All yep. right, and you've sat in alphabetical order for me, okay, Catherine, Michelle. <laughs> so what, your team, your teammates can't tell you apart? I'm not going to call them out, but they need some work sometimes. <laughs> they just need to focus, maybe? I'm not sure. <laughs> Can your coach uh, from the national team, Lisa Tomitis, tell you apart? Oh, yeah. We've been yeah. around her enough. I feel like she's put in some effort, and now she's got it. She's got it down. She's put in her time. So how, what do you tell people when they want uh, a tip on how to tell you apart when you're together? Well, if they try, if they try, they will get it. So, if they know us, they know the difference yeah. instantaneously. But if they just meet us, it's very difficult. Obviously. Well, for sure. Yeah. Who's older again? Michelle. That would be me. By like what? Five minutes. Five. <laughs> Catherine doesn't care. No, she doesn't. <laughs> no. Uh, well, all right. Thanks again for coming. And you guys have been on on the show before, and it's always awesome to catch up with you. Let Let's start. And when we we talked earlier this summer. 
because we had the Edmonton Grads International Classic where you played Turkey. Mm-hmm. Supposed to be three games. Uh, wound up to two because of some injury and illness on their team. I mean, I look at that from an Azerva standpoint and think, well, that's kind of a bummer. I mean, how, how did you on the team deal with that? Yeah. Definitely a bummer. Um, we had We were obviously in front of our family and friends, so we wanted to play in front of them and um, some of our teammates had family come in from out of town so it was I think it was a lost opportunity to get some um, competition in and as well have the community support us for another game so um, yeah it was a bummer we wish we could have played another game yeah because <laughs> you played two won them both but then the yeah. third game got cancelled and, mm-hmm. and then your team held an open practice and did autographs yeah. and all that stuff which was still pretty yeah. cool but obviously people wanted to see Canada and that was good. two good teams what was it five against seven in the rankings yeah, yep, yeah. we were at five, and Turkey is seven now, I believe, yeah. All right. So, but that tournament, uh, it has happened in the past, and obviously mm-hmm. there was the qualifying tournament here uh, a few years ago, mm-hmm. which was which was big. Have, have you been pretty impressed with the, the Edmontonian support, though, of, of the women's program being here? Yeah, I mean, 2015 was huge for us. We, we had a great crowd, and they really supported us. Um, and 2016, we had games against China mm-hmm. here. So I know even we talk to people we meet, and they still remember those games. Um, and they were, you know, looking forward to these games, and they're always asking, when's the next games? Are you having more games? Because they want to come see. Um, so I think that's just a, um, you know, a testament of, of what we've produced for them when we play here, and hopefully we can host more games in the future. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. A, that's, that's a great event on the calendar. Uh, now, there is something big. Uh, well, there, you guys have a big weekend, for, and I want to <laughs> talk about that as we move along. But internationally, I mean, Worlds are what, just over a month away? Yep, yep, they start September 22nd in Tenerife, Spain. All right, so what's what's the build-up for this? How does the team make sure, because you're not together year-round, obviously, so mm-hmm, what's the build-up so you know you're, you're peaking at the right time, Catherine? Yeah, well, we kind of, it's set up so we get together during the summer, and because some, um, some ladies are playing in the WNBA and um, are having long seasons overseas, we're kind of in and out during the summer now. So our main block of time with the um, world championship team will be coming up in September so um, there have been some girls in and out of the team but now it's really our chance to practice with the team going to world championships so we'll have some exhibition games um, train in Toronto Go now, why does that happen? How come for Go the Worlds, you're, know, Edmonton's you your headquarters? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it's, well, because we're playing games, we'll be playing games in Connecticut. It's a oh, okay. much shorter trip, and then we fly mm-hmm. out of... The trip from Toronto to Europe is much easier to do than Edmonton yeah. to Europe because okay. we do that in the in the off season and it's it's an extra like five hours of travel just from so like, for Toronto. this time only we'll let Toronto we'll host. let it go okay we'll we'll let it go. Uh, <laughs> so how many Canadians are in the WNBA right now you were you're missing at least three at, at in July weren't you mm-hmm. yeah yep. we have three, three. so Kayla yep. Alexander Kia Nurse and Natalie Chanwa okay and they're doing great yeah uh, I mean in Kia's in her rookie season right yep. and obviously a lot of yep. fans follow her too because yeah. of the the darnell connection which is mm-hmm. which is pretty cool um so that's going to be huge that you'll have those three players available mm-hmm. and you go after it at worlds um i mean is it is it all about when you get to an, an international tournament is is it all about okay there's the states and we're playing for second like i don't know like <laughs> well no i'd like to be blunt like uh, is that like how's how does it once shake down once you're there well i mean we had we had meetings and we set 
you know, we set goals, and um, you know, we talked a lot about it. And gold is a it's a gold medal standard, obviously. But um, Canada hasn't medaled at a world tournament period in at this level ever. I don't at this think. level, mm-hmm. so for us, a medal many, many period is like a huge <laughs> deal. So we, our goal is to go there and get a medal. So whether that's bronze, silver, or gold, we'll be ecstatic. <laughs> but you know, you a, want a medal is a medal. Yeah. So, right, you'd be the we'll first be Canadian podium team, which yeah. would be which would be a huge yeah. accomplishment for sure. Yeah. Uh, you guys have played. You guys have played in two Olympics now. Michelle's played, played in two. Yeah, I've played and, in one. And Catherine's played in mm-hmm. one. So uh, I mean, obviously, pretty good showings there for for your teams as well. Professionally, was it France for both of you now? Trying yep. because you played each other in the league final. We mm-hmm. did. Yep. So France. Um, this I would have just finished my third year in France. Michelle just finished her fourth year in fa- France. And Catherine, you were the league MVP. Um, two years ago. Two so years ago, sorry. Season. And Michelle was in the All-Star 5 of the league for this season. So, oh, yeah, so you were on the All-Star Canadians team. Canadians are pretty strong. So you're doing great. <laughs> yeah. You're doing great. <laughs> yeah, we like France. And you guys, and sorry, who, and you guys were in the league final. Yeah. Yes. And who won that one? Catherine's team. Me. Okay. Yeah. And did you guys ever guard each other? Um, occasionally. Yeah. yeah. Not often. Like, do you like that? I mean, it's Or is good. it just another person on the other team once you're out there? I mean, it's like an extra person that, you know, like, we're personally going to shut down the extra because it's each other. It, like, may get foully, like, very handsy, but that's what happens when you... Do you guys ever trash talk each other? Uh, I've tried talking to her on the free throw line just when we're standing beside each other, but I'm she like tends to block. just play. Like, okay, me what out. do you say? Like something mean or just no? Like, I don't say anything mean. I just try to chat her up, but she's like not even. She's just giving me the. This wall. is Michelle saying this about wow. Catherine, by the way, because you guys sound similar <laughs> yeah, too. <sorry. laughs> just to, <laughs> to clarify. Yeah. So, Catherine, did you, do you even notice that, or are you just like I shut up? I noticed that, and I just block her out. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not getting involved. <laughs> my focus. <laughs> uh, Catherine and Michelle Plou for in studio. We're going to take a quick time out. We're going to let people know what's going on. This Oh, here's what we got to do. Uh, 780-496-0063. We're going to give away more Eskimos tickets. Four tickets. We are going to do a live uh, trivia question on air about the Plouffe sisters. Uh-oh. If you were listening earlier... You'll know it. 780-496-0063. We're coming right back. So you went out drinking and you did the right thing. You left the car at home. Thank you. But did you know that if you drank a lot and stayed up late, you could still have alcohol in your system the next day and could register a warn, even a fail on a roadside screening device? It can take up to 12 hours or more from the time of your last drink for your BAC to reach zero. In only time, not sleep, coffee, or a shower sobers you up any faster. A message from Arrival Live Drive Sober and changetheconversation.ca. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Good to have you tuning in tonight. Johnny Manziel will not play for the Alouettes against the Eskimos on Saturday night. That game will be on 630 Chad, 530 for the countdown to kickoff. The game will start at 7. Stu says, any chance the Oilers start the season with 7D and 11 forwards. That would allow Bear Bouchard to slot in as a power play specialist and Russell on his offside could pair with Gravel on the bottom pair. Hmm, I don't know about that. I, I would think they would go the traditional 12 and 6. Interesting idea. Uh, Dave says, Reed, uh, great interview with the Ploofs. Uh, 
but I can't tell their voices apart, but they are very interesting. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, question about the status of the football game. Well, as of right now, it's uh, it's a game. And the CFL and the Alouettes and the Eskimos just have to continue monitoring everything that's going on with the with the smoke. I, I would think that obviously they want to play it at the scheduled time. Uh, so that's the latest I can tell you there. We're going to give away four tickets to the game. We have Mike on the show. And uh, Mike, the Plouffe sisters are here as well. How are you doing? I'm right, you? I, I'm very good. Have you been listening mm-hmm. to the interview with Michelle and Catherine? Uh, yes, I have. Sort of? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they are uh, they are twins. They play for the Canadian women's basketball team. What Harry Ainley's your 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 school? Yep. Your high yep. school. Uh, which one is older, Catherine or Michelle? Oh. They said it earlier. Uh, they did. Oh man. Uh, oh, this is a fifty-fifty chance. Do you want to give a hint? It is. Does one of you want to give a hint? <laughs> yes, it's me. Okay, who was oh, that? Yeah, see, that? That's why I'm so confused. Oh, no. well, I'll give you a hint. It, that wasn't Catherine. Michelle. Yes, oh, wow. Michelle's and older gonna, by five I minutes. Take Catherine. That's good. <laughs> Mike, uh, it's great you, you, you called it. Have you ever been lucky enough to see these ladies play? Uh, no, but I have met them, though. Oh, good stuff. Ooh. Well, that's hey, good. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. How's it going? <laughs> hey. hey. Yeah, I know. <laughs> They're very friendly. Have you been to an Eskimos game this season? No, I haven't. I was actually planning on going Saturday, so this worked out really well. All right. Well, uh, I, people get mad at me when I say this, but i got to tell it how I see it. They, they should be heavily favored to win this game. Is that a fair comment? I agree. I've been listening to most of the games, and they usually are usually heavily favored. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm definitely going to say they're going to win this game for sure. Mike, hang on the line. Kellen will take down your info and tell you how to get the tickets, okay? Thanks, Reed. That is Mike. He knew the answer. <laughs> and we knew him, apparently. Well, he's, he's met you, so there you go. That's awesome. <laughs> when did you guys finish high school? Uh, 2010, yeah. So, so you've been out eight years already. My mm-hmm. goodness, time mm-hmm. flies. Uh, Harry, you guys won, like, what, provincials every year? Uh, yeah, we only played two years at Harry Inley, and we won both of those titles. Okay. All right, uh, and you're going back to school this weekend. What's going on? Yeah, <laughs> we uh, we're hosting our Ploof Hoops camp. It's our fourth year that we've been able to um, come back and do a basketball camp. And last year we had two separate age groups, so we have a high school girls age group, which is what we started um, started the camp with, mm-hmm. and then we added a nine to thirteen year old boys and girls group. Okay, so sorry. So you got the high school, and then yep. basically the the, the younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Catherine, what do you what do you try to to get across? Because I assume it's going to be different. Obviously, there's different age groups, different <laughs> abilities, you know, different heights. Switching basketballs, <laughs> a, a big thing. What do you what do you try to communicate primarily over the weekend? Yeah, so um, we're excited to add the young group because um, I mean we started we didn't have the financial resources or the time to do camps at a young age so we think this would be a good opportunity for the boys and girls to just um, get introduced to basketball um, used to athletic movements that kind of thing and for kids who've already started basketball um, we hope to challenge them as well and then the high school girls um, we've been really looking to uh, port and empower them just outside of the court as well so obviously give them skills and challenge them and in terms of getting better and personally growing and then offer some um, life advice and mentorship outside of that as well. That, that's interesting you emphasize that as well. How important to that is, uh, uh, you know, that you want to communicate that to young women and, and give them confidence. And because, you know, sports is still, uh, I, I think 
I think women's sports get a lot more attention than they, they used to. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the attention. And, hey, I host a show that talks a lot about men's sports, so I'm guilty of it too. <laughs> but um, how important is it to, to promote that and get that word out there and, and you know, make them feel empowered about playing sports and that they're not doing something that makes them different? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the still the dropout rate of girls in sport is... Um, is still quite high um so just to you know share our story and give them someone to look at that okay we went through the same things that you went to as a you know adolescent girl and teenage girl and it's you know you're obviously going to stand out if you're taller or if you do something different you're doing something that the boys are doing um so just give them confidence to you know write their own story and be who they are and not um, feel pressured because I think the kids today have way more pressure than we did mm-hmm. like with technology, with the internet with cell social phones media, yeah. social media It's um, just to give them something to be rooted in that's not in those things so hopefully you know we can just pour into them in that way it's, it's, it's an interesting message to, to, to kids and it's counterintuitive but s- sometimes you have to tell them it's, it's okay to be good at something you know, yeah, like it's okay totally. to stand out, right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Just in that confidence as well to um, be a leader in their communities. Leaders often stand out and stand alone. So hopefully we can share that message that. Who were, who are some of the, sorry, who are, who are some of the leaders you had? Um, definitely our older sister um, for me and for Michelle as well. She was, um, <laughs> she's grown a lot, but she was a basketball player as well at Harry and Lee and then went on to. Um, university and now she's building a family and a legacy of her own but um, she's made decisions to put her priorities first and that didn't make other people happy all the time but she stood on her values and so I definitely respect that yeah and obviously a lot of coaches along the way too Michelle Mm -hmm. yeah coaches have definitely just given us confidence and supported us I know a lot of girls that I've talked to have coaches that have really taken the joy out of playing basketball for them and we've had we've been blessed to have I don't think we've had a coach that has has done that to us and just supported our growth and um, challenged us. That's a, that's an interesting comment too. That sometimes kids quit because a sport of because yeah. of the coach, which yeah. is again counterintuitive to yeah. how a, a young person should feel about participating. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're good at something. Feel good about it. Yeah. You want to talk to your coach. Feel like that's someone you can approach, right? Yeah, well, definitely. that's on the coach to make to create that environment for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting way ahead of myself, but would you guys like to coach af- after you play? Have you thought about that at all? I mean, you're doing these camps and things like that. Um, <laughs> I think I would. I would. I don't think I would have it as my career, definitely. But I would do it as a volunteer kind of way to give back because you know I do see value in um, being a role model for girls. And because I've played and gone through those things, I think that would be a valuable mm-hmm. um, position or um, something I could do. Mm-hmm. And Catherine, for you, or like talk show host, is that what you're thinking now? Yes, definitely. <laughs> full-time career. No, I mean, definitely, I see the value. I like to see um, uh, improvements. So I like to walk alongside uh, girls or boys or whoever it is and see their growth. So... If there's an opportunity for that, I would like to pursue that. Well, you're definitely two athletes, two Edmontonians that uh, the city should be proud of. You continue to represent the the city just uh, in an excellent fashion and obviously represent the country as well. I really appreciate you coming in tonight because I know you're busy. All the best at Worlds. Uh, I'll be bugging you you while you're you're over there. (laughs) And uh, again, tomorrow the camp starts. You're going to be on the court 
Is it, is it full or can somebody still sneak in? You know yeah, that? you can still sneak mm-hmm. right on in. You can. We have a website. Um, it's www.ploofhoops.com, or you can go on the Alberta Basketball website and find us there. But you can still sign up until. It starts. <laughs> well, instruction from two members of the national team sounds like a, a pretty good deal. <laughs> Catherine and Michelle, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks really for having so much. Really appreciate it. And, of course, some guests on the show, including the Plouffe sisters, get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down-home southern food and other tasty treats. Salivate over the menu at northchickenyeg.com. Man, this was a fun show. Catherine and Michelle Plouffe in studio. Randy Spencer dropped by. We talked to Mike Morreale. Thanks to everybody who uh, texted in as well to 630-630. Get more on the Eskimos on 630ched.com. I didn't get a lot of time to talk about this. I'll get back into it tomorrow. Uh, It opens Saturday in the rec room at West Edmonton Mall. The Void, which is a virtual reality experience, uh, a hyper-reality experience, it's bringing Star Wars Secrets of the Empire to this. If you've ever listened to Inside Sports, you know that I am a, a, a disciple of Star Wars. I love Star This was like being in a Star Wars movie. Uh, it wasn't the virtual reality where you're, you're tethered to the ceiling. This was walking around. This was uh, picking up objects. This was uh, being in firefights with stormtroopers. Um, this was feeling the heat of lava as you walked through an environment. Uh, it was incredible. Well, I'll, I'll get a little bit more into it tomorrow. Star Wars Secrets of the Empire. It opens Saturday uh, at the Rec Room, The Void, at West Edmonton Mall. Kellen, you did a great job, buddy. Kellen Kennedy's the studio producer. Dave Cabell's the producer of the show. My name is Reed Wilkins. This has been Inside Sports. Have a wonderful evening. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.